All right, awesome. today on For the Love of Sports, I have my good friend, or at least I'm going to consider him a good friend. I don't know if he We're considers good friends at this point. All absolutely, the, uh, all the emails I keep sending him uh, worthy of being a friend. But I have Sean Tepper on of the Score. He's here to ha- help me out and break down a little bit about the AFC West, some of the stuff that we have going on there. Uh, obviously, Sean's a big Chiefs fan. If you haven't listened to his episode, make sure to go back and listen to that. Now we talk a little Chiefs there, but excited to break down the AFC West with you, Sean. Thanks for hanging out with me today, man. Yeah, no worries. Thanks so much for having me, man. It's gonna be awesome. Pleasure is all mine. I know, uh, you know, your, your days as a college uh, college football reporter, maybe coming back a little bit, you get to enjoy that some more. So hopefully, uh, the glory days start shining through soon. Oh yeah, man, it's exciting just to you know be able to actually get back in here and talk. It's been a while since I've talked about uh, you know football, not just amongst my friends group or at a bar watching the game. So I'm looking forward to talking about everything AFC West. Well, here we are now. Awesome. And I think, I mean, just a couple high level points that I think make sense to go over. Chiefs won the Super Bowl, in case anybody was curious about that. <laughs> um, Raiders moved to Vegas. Uh, they missed the first, missed the playoffs. Probably going to miss the playoffs some more just because that's what they do. They only, they did not have a first, or they had two first round picks. I apologize. They did not have a second round pick. Broncos missed the playoffs. Drew Locke looked pretty damn cool, though. I loved all his rap skills. And the Chargers were the Chargers again. Um, so it should be. Interesting moving forward. So let's start with the Chiefs. Obviously, your team, obviously Super Bowl winners. They had some offseason moves, uh, some small ones. They brought in Mike Remmers, actually formerly of the Giants, brought in Jordan Ta'amu. As we saw, Patrick Mahomes did get hurt last year. So having a capable backup other than Matt Moore, I guess, is probably necessary. Yeah. Who, who looked really good in a couple of games, I must he say. Did. He absolutely did. Do not get me wrong. Andy Reid knows what to do when it comes to quarterback play. Um, also brought in Taco Charlton. And I actually think that I got might have got that message today. Maybe that was yesterday. I don't remember when that yeah, came through, but kind of cool. I, saw, I only saw it late last night. But uh, yeah, solid pickups. And the Chiefs did the one thing that they needed to do. They t- The second that they entered the locker room after winning the Super Bowl, they were talking about running it back. Mm-hmm. So the big thing was they're going to have to give Patrick Mahomes whatever amount of money. He's going to become the highest paid player of the NFL has ever seen uh, mm-hmm. very shortly and they have to keep Chris Jones as well the best defensive player on our team I think you know a top top five uh, defensive lineman potential defensive player of the year candidate going forward and he wants to get paid too so they franchise tagged him um, and then you know padding it up in the draft which I'm sure we'll get mm-hmm. into very shortly yeah yeah I think you know Chris Jones I want to see them sign him long term but just kind of the way contracts in the NFL works it's probably not going to happen I mean they, they pretty much tagged him and said you know I, you heard a lot of talk about them potentially training him thankfully they did not do that but I, do, what do you think the opportunity actually is to have a long-term deal with him considering he's probably gonna be looking for Eric Donald money. Oh, for sure. He's going to be looking for big money and he deserves it too. He is incredible. He is a dominant force on the defensive line. He's also a Mississippi state guy. I know we're going to talk about another Mississippi mm-hmm. state guy in a few minutes. Um, but the thing with Chris Jones is really his future is very dependent on Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is in an interesting situation. He's a young guy. I don't know ex- exactly his age, but early twenties. Um, a lot of people are a lot of uh, paralleling his kind of career trajectory towards Brady because he had he got his first Super Bowl out of the way very early. Now he can play the game the way he wants. He's going to be showered in endorsement deals going forward. So the question is, is he going to take a pay cut? And instead of, you know, maybe a $300 million contract, will he take 250 so that we can spread the wealth? He's all about winning, at least in the interviews I've read and listened to. He's talked about winning. He wants to run it back. He's talking dynasty. He thinks the Chiefs have the team to be able to do that. And um, just from his demeanor, I... It's tough for a player, and I don't think any player should really pass up on money, especially in a game like the NFL, where you just really don't know. One bad injury and you're done. Um, but he is in a 
really particular uh, situation that we don't see often where he's already got the Super Bowl in his early 20s. He's got a great team around him that does ha definitely have the potential to, uh, you know, to win multiple Super Bowls over mm -hmm. the course of the next five years. Um, and if he wants to take a little bit less so Chris Jones can get paid, uh, I think that's definitely something that is very much on the table. And uh, I know Brett Veach is uh, the day that Patrick Mahomes was drafted. He did a great piece with the ringer. Uh, I think it was last year. And he just mm -hmm. said the day we drafted Patrick Mahomes, we knew we were going to make him the highest paid player in the NFL. And every move that we've made going forward is to be able to do that. That's why you saw Sammy Watkins's contract coming mm -hmm. in at what it was initially. Cause they knew that they, like they did this off season, they would have to restructure it when Mahomes is going into his player option year. Yeah. And then, yeah, that is, you know, this is, it's crazy. This was his third year. Second year actually playing, but his third year uh, out of out, out of the draft, and you dude, dude already won MVP with Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. As you said, it's kind of all right. You're good, you know. Now yeah. you are considered a great as long as you can stay around for ten years. You're probably going to be just fine. So I agree with you. I do think a hundred percent. If you get the opportunity to get paid three hundred million dollars, you take it. I understand we're all here. We want to we want to make sure we're you know winning and doing all these things. Uh, there's a couple parallels. I mean, you can look at what Russell Wilson has done. He won his Super Bowl very early. Then now he's signing these monster contracts that don't really allow the Seahawks to do anything. But he is the face of the franchise. He still takes them to the playoffs. He still puts them in great positions and is an absolute wizard. So you can look at it from that perspective. And you can also look at it from the Rams perspective where Jared Goff brings him to a Super Bowl. Maybe it wasn't all him. He gets this monster contract. Now they're paying Donald. They're paying him and essentially nobody else. And then they're going to have to pay Jalen Ramsey pretty soon as well and he's gonna get a gigantic deal so it's i, I might I have to leave this call you just compared jared goff to patrick Mahomes, no i man. compared <laughs> i compared their contracts i've compared their potential contracts down the road but no i mean obviously it's not even a not even a question but it's just one of those things where it's i know i know you're good man we're here to bust balls it's all good yeah. but i think you know just just looking at it from that perspective it's going to be very difficult because even with where the rams pay goff i mean with the eagles are paying carson wentz 35 million or whatever it ends up being it's really difficult to then build a team, right? Like if, if you're going to have one of those other star players, it's very, very difficult to then pay Chris Jones $120 million. And you know, for sure. And I, and I like that you brought up the Russell Wilson comparison. Cause I think that are the, just the example, because mm -hmm. I think that there's something really fascinating here. I know we're not talking about draft stuff, but it's really we'll cool there. how Russell Wilson, I mean, that Seahawks team that won the Super Bowl is nothing like the Seahawks teams of the last three or four years. And what they showed was you need, there's one piece that you need to keep in place and then you build around it. And they showered, Russell Wilson and money. They lost, you know, Earl Thomas. They lost a bulk of that defense, really. Mm -hmm. um, you name their offensive weapons. They've come and gone. Uh, but Russell Wilson has stayed static. And I think the way that we've seen the league shape up now is that a quarterback can get you 10 wins. If you mm -hmm. have your guy, a minimum of 10 wins there, um, and you just build around him and let your, your superstar quarterback kind of do the, like, make the difference, which is why the Chiefs went and drafted offense. As long as mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes stays in there, don't get me wrong, Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey, these guys are all a huge part of his success, but the quarterback is the most important position on the field. It's the guy who touches the ball every time. It's the hardest one to replace too. Not saying that guys like Hill, Kelsey, I would not ever say that they're easily replaceable, but they are in theory easier to replace than a superstar mm -hmm. quarterback who can, you know, flick with a flick of his wrist, get the ball down the field 80 mm -hmm. yards. A hundred percent, man. And I, I just rewatched the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago, um, the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl. And, and yeah. Chris Jones was a monster in that game, especially in that fourth quarter. I mean, he's batting down all these balls. He's getting the sack. It was it was incredible. Well, he got his pinky on that ball. It was midway through the fourth. And if he doesn't, Kittle is 60 yards, mm -hmm. nobody near him. 
I mean, that, that it, people are, you know, a lot of people talk about like the, the Breland interception, all this stuff. Chris Jones getting his big finger on the football to stop it, the trajectory mm-hmm. of it from going to Kittle is, is really, in my opinion, what uh, was a Super Bowl winning play. It was it was incredible. It was such a fun game. I mean, actually, the game kind of sucked on the rewatch. It was really just that fourth quarter that was just bonkers, and I loved every yeah. second of it. And that's, I mean, what are great games made of? They're great. They're made of incredible endings, and that one had it. So Absolutely. I was very very happy with that. So um, considering some of the offseason moves, they did sign Brashad Breland, and we'll talk about that in one second because oh, they, they lost, certainly did. <laughs> they, they also they lost Kendall Fuller. He went back to the Redskins, if I'm not mistaken. So. You lose one of the main pieces. I mean, main pieces. You lose one of the few cornerbacks that are capable on your defense. You re-sign Breland for a one-year deal. And again, only a couple days ago, got the notification that he he did some stuff he was not supposed to be doing. Um, I know you're not an insider or anything, but I'm sure you read a lot more blogs than I do on the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs. What what does that look like now? Just is he going to be suspended? Is is charges going to be dropped? Like, what's going to happen for the, for the season? Right now, like from everything I read, and I'm definitely not an insider. I, I just read a lot of the Kansas City Star and, uh, you know, all the Arrowhead Pride, all those blogs. But essentially, they're just, Reed's spoken about it. He said they've spoken to Brashad Breeland. They're going to let it play out with law enforcement and see kind of what the deal is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've seen bits and pieces of the reports. Will he, I don't know if he'll get suspended for it unless he, you know, gets convic- mm-hmm. convicted yeah. of it um it seems like one of these these things that i think the charges might be dropped depending mm-hmm. on as, how more info comes out but it's definitely not a not a good look at all like they know that uh, you know he was caught with marijuana i believe or mm-hmm. something around marijuana yeah. and um unfortunately he's not up in canada because that wouldn't be an issue up here <laughs> um, or california right or california washington yeah um but uh yeah so we're gonna see but it was uh i mean the chiefs need defense all around really Mm -hmm. i know we've been talking about how great chris jones is but uh chiefs win their games based on scoring more points um they had a prime position to take some great secondary players late in the uh first in the uh how the second third this was such Mm -hmm. a stacked draft there were tons of guys to get and they chose not to um there was a great stat and i'm gonna butcher the numbers but the relatively they're all right but all of our secondaries combined for like somewhere in the ballpark of like five million dollars last year and by secondary i mean cor- i mean cornerbacks are mm-hmm. what we've paid our cornerbacks yeah matthew and but... go exactly and then going into um the season a couple of weeks before we signed Lashawn mccoy for like two and a half like for half of what our entire secondary is mm-hmm. which i think just shows you what the chiefs are and it's they found their identity they know what's going to work and based on the way the draft went the rest of the division sees exactly what's going on and are now building, um, you know, to ca- both counteract that and to copy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a, I mean, it is copycat league. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, we saw a lot of run options in the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're seeing a lot of spread offenses and uh, hell, we'll be back at the West Coast offense in five years when everyone's yeah, right. working for everyone. But I think what's awesome is the one thing that the NFL is, is moving away, I think, a bit from a copycat league because you see guys like Patrick Mahomes, you see guys like Lamar Jackson, these guys with really unique skill sets mm-hmm. that if you tried to jam them into a normal traditional West Coast offense or really any traditional offense and try to jam them into a system, you're not going to get what's work. The NFL is finally learning that you need to build systems around these guys. And if you fully buy in to these guys and provide them with all the pieces that they need, they'll succeed. I mean, did anybody think if you said before last season that Baltimore's offense was going to work the way it did when they're going to be running the ball so many times in a pass happy league, I'd say it's nuts, but you see it work in practice. And how do you beat these high scoring offenses? You keep them on the bench. And how mm-hmm. do you do that? You run the football effectively. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Harbaugh is one of those few guys, Andy Reid too. Like there's few coaches and ownership really who are going to say, you know what, let's, 
we don't know if it's going to work or not, but if it's going to work, we need to fully commit to building around mm-hmm. this guy. And like, here we go for five years. And I love it. I mean, I loved Lamar Jackson in college. I watched all the Louisville oh, games man. I could because yeah. he was, I mean, he was a man amongst boys, like his speed, his ability was so much fun. And I'm, I'm happy that it has translated somewhat to the NFL. Now I will say, you know, as you said, we saw a lot of read options in the early 2010s. And then quickly one year later, we did not see it as much. So I don't think the Ravens offense is going to be able to do what it did last year. Considering I think I was watching the Rams game with one of my buddies, he's a Rams fan. And we, they got the ball in the two minute offense. And I think they threw it once and they just moved down the field, rush, 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 maybe a pass rush, rush touchdown. And it's like, that's not how rushing is supposed to work. Like that's not the whole point of it. And it was just incredible to watch. So I agree with you, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, these guys, you can't just jam him into any offense. For sure. And, and the the one difference, because remember, we were talking about, you know, the, the Super Bowl, Sam, or mm-hmm. Super Bowl, sorry, NFC Championship game, uh, Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick, very, at, the, at the time that they were yeah. playing, very similar quarterbacks. They'd read half the fields. It'd be a pass run, uh, pass run option. And then Russell Wilson turned into it. You know, he was able to see the whole field deep, uh, throw the ball deep and get kind of space it around where Colin Kaepernick really didn't make that jump past mm-hmm. the RPO. Now, you can, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, issues around that's a, that yeah. that's a whole separate thing but he definitely didn't progress at the same yeah. level as russell wilson did in the in the confines that they did and i think we're gonna have to see and lamar jackson now has another year under his belt mm-hmm. he knows exactly what it is the one thing he proved is he's he's got no issues throwing the football mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully they'll he'll be able to look at the whole field next year and uh you know start changing things up but i'm excited enough about the next season i'm yeah, already let's, juiced let's, up about it let's let's talk about the draft a little bit so the chiefs obviously won the super bowl as we said they're very in need of any type of defense so of course first pick in the th- uh first round 32nd overall of they course Clyde, Clyde edwards hilaire running back out of lsu i mean how excited are you for Clyde edwards in this offense i'm look i'm not gonna lie i was one of those guys that was like look patrick queen is falling Pat, we our linebackers are awful. Patrick Queen is awesome. We should go up and grab him. And then you know Baltimore got him. That's frightening. Um, and we went down. And I said, okay, no problem. Before the draft, there was a lot of chatter that you know if a top wide receiver is there, mm-hmm. Andy Reid's not going to hesitate to pull the trigger and go up there and get your guy. And to be honest, when you win a Super Bowl with a team that really only wins based on its offense, the defense just needs to keep it to under you know really thirty five, and the mm-hmm. offense needs to score forty two plus to win it, which they they're able to do. You don't really need to prioritize your defense. Um, but you do need guys to start the ball. And I was, I was really high on Xavier McKinney. Now I know he's a safety mm-hmm. and the chiefs have great safeties. We got Matthew and Juan Thornhill who was hurt the beginning of last year. I think you and I talked about him mm-hmm. uh, yeah. a couple conversations ago. Um, but you know, Mc- it, the luxury you have picking late in the first round is you can really just take the best player there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what, for Andy Reed and Brett Veach, that was Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Now the chiefs don't have a great running back running backs are you know, considered to be a dime a dozen in today's NFL. But when your team uh, lives and dies by its offense, you need weapons mm-hmm. everywhere. You can never have too many weapons. We saw what happened last year when we missed Tyreek Hill for six weeks, mm-hmm. it was tough to move the ball down the field. Uh, you know, when, forget the injuries, the injury to Patrick Mahomes, obviously when you don't have him, it's going to be hard mm-hmm. to move yeah. the ball down the field. But you, you know, the one thing that Andy Reid really did well in the playoffs, even in the game against Houston, when we were down is he never really abandoned the run. Granted, we were never really getting much from the run. Mm-hmm. Now, Damian Williams is great, but these are all small backs. So, 
having two or three running backs that you can rotate out there that you're feeling confident confidence in is great. And uh, the thing about Clyde Edwards Hilaire is, I mean, you can watch those L- that LSU tape and you won't notice him, not because he's not good, but you're looking at, you know, Justin Jefferson, you're mm-hmm. looking, you're definitely looking at Joe Burrows. You're looking at everybody else, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he looks a lot like a Brian Westbrook. And that's exactly, you know, the Brett Veach was talking with the Kansas city star after uh, the draft. And he said, uh, he went up to Andy Reed when they, when CEH uh, first got on his radar and he said, uh, you got to take a look at this guy. He reminds me of Brian Westbrook. And, um, Reed looked at the tape for about two or three minutes and said, he's better than Brian Westbrook. And that's Uh not a slight of Brian Westbrook, but this kid's way more developed. Um, Another guy I would have loved to see there would have been Michael Pittman Jr. Mm -hmm. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. was also there. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really legit uh, potential pick for cornerback. But hell, if you're going to buy into just, we're going to score 50 plus points and the way you're going to beat us is by blowing us out. um, CEH is absolutely uh, the guy See, to pick I, there. I love that too. We can already give him the acronym CEH. It's a lot easier yeah. to spell and and write than Clyde Edwards. Hilarious. A lot less syllables. <laughs> yes, right. And I, I love it, man. I completely agree with you. I mean, when you think about it, you know, what, what happened when Tyreek Hill went down, obviously you kind of throw what happens with Patrick Mahomes when he went down and even kind of around, I mean, he had, I think he had like two sprained ankles as well yeah. during that time. Um, so it's just one of those things that I think the most important and the most interesting to me is what the offense looked like with Kareem Hunt in it and what it looked like without him in it. And now at the end of the year, after he got suspended, the offense was still humming. It was fine. But last year in particular, you could tell in the beginning and and during, it was not quite the same thing, unfortunately. So I think he can add that type of element where it's, Kind of, I, I know they're not the same type of back, but yeah. at the same time, they're he's capable of really making sure the defense pays more attention to him. For sure, absolutely. And I, I was a little shocked that it wasn't DeAndre Swift here personally. Mm-hmm. I thought he fit a little bit better in the Chiefs system. Um, I also, I'm a big Jonathan Taylor guy. We were talking about Wisconsin mm-hmm. running yeah. backs. I. I know a lot of people don't. I like my Wisconsin running backs, uh, you know, meat and potato boys mm-hmm. right there. Um, but at that point, you know, you have a Super Bowl winning coach, a Hall of Fame coach, arguably, mm-hmm. who put together one of the greatest offenses of all time. If he want, if CEH was his guy, exactly. trust him, CEH is a guy. It's funny, though. I was, uh, who's I was chatting about with somebody? And I was like, you know, before the Chiefs have been, the, the Chiefs draft has always been very logical. We need mm-hmm. linebackers. We're going to go to linebacker. We need corners. We're going to go get a corner. And then they'd make some questionable moves like a CEH pick, and we'd be like, oh, do we really need it? Now we're like, this is some hidden intellect, Let's go. you know, some Let's hidden go. genius. Like, this is, you know, he's going to be great, and uh, I'm sure he'll be uh, he'll be a hot steal for a lot of people's fantasy teams come next. I am already looking. I, I'm going to – I was one of the worst in my fantasy leagues last year. Um, I was I, the worst, so we can oh, commiserate. Well, I, I, okay, <laughs> I, was, I was the worst, too. I just didn't want to say that. But, yeah, we we're, were together, Shame. so I was the worst. So uh, it's a keeper league, so already, you know, top, top three offense players for everybody are kept so he i don't know i have patrick mahomes i'm gonna keep him so maybe i'm just gonna just go for that double dip we'll see what happens there <laughs> um moving on in the draft a little bit as you said needed linebacker went to mississippi state got willie gay jr how do you think he's going to fit into this chief's defense which again you pretty much could have grabbed anybody on defense yeah. and it would have helped in some capacity so willie gay jr is awesome. I think he would have probably been picked a lot higher if he didn't miss the last eight games of his year for his year for punching his quarterback in the face. Um, whoops. Now there's a there's about 300 million reasons why the Chiefs will not want him to punch Patrick Mahomes in the face during practice. Yeah. I also don't. I am not worried that Willie Gay Jr. is going to come in there and punch Patrick Mahomes in the face. Um, he, as a linebacker, he's got everything you want. Our linebacking was atrocious last year, mm-hmm. so really anything is an upgrade. And just to get like a young talent like that is really exciting. And for better or for worse, the Chiefs have become a team um, 
that has you know welcomed these players with mm -hmm. with really troubling to in a lot of extents uh, off off the field issues you're ta talking about a guy like frank clark who they turned around mm -hmm. and gave 120 million dollars a guy like tyreek hill who they turned around and gave 90 million dollars or something around that uh, they gave him a bunch of money, yeah. they gave him a ton of money so character issues have never scared off andy reed before um they definitely bring a lot there's a lot of um long memory in kansas city with character mm -hmm. issues um it's tough to bring in a guy who uh you know who has these off-field problems and not try, you know, not go back to a guy like Javon Belcher, who mm -hmm. we all remember that tragedy and stuff. And, you know, the yeah, Chiefs yeah. have always been an organization that prided themselves on family and stuff. And then they're bringing in these, these, you know, these troubled guys for a second chance. And it's just the way it is in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So if Reed thinks he can coach him, they definitely, I think, have the the veterans in place there. Mm -hmm. They got a guy like Matthew, uh, Honey Badger is not going to let anything kind of go down there. Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, like they have that structure there. It's not like Willie Gay Jr. is going to come in and need to, you know, be a leader of a mm -hmm. young defense or anything. Like he's going to go in and play a role. And I just think it's really exciting. Um, whereas the rest of the Chiefs draft picks after that, we're okay. I don't think there's mm -hmm. too, there's nothing really too much to talk about. Uh, Lucas Nyang might be a good tackle. Um, I'm always the Chiefs have a, not a great streak of drafting like third or fourth round tackles, um, but he's got all the measurable. He's a big boy. Um, we'll see where it goes. And um, Bo Pete Keys we took in the seventh round. He's a cornerback. Mm -hmm. um, to be honest, I don't know much about him. Apparently, he graded pretty well um, before the season. His production dropped off a little bit. But uh, if Brashad Breland's going to miss time, uh, Bo Pete Keys might uh, have to play some might significant be filling minutes. in. Yeah, and that, that's the one thing I think that's really interesting about their draft. I mean, I'm you know if you ever take a tackle or an offensive lineman, I'm always for it because you win in the trenches. In my opinion, you know you win on the offensive Absolutely. and the defensive line. Everything else around it, you need a quarterback, of course, but everything else around it kind of figures itself out so taking one in the third round again as you said if he has the measurables moving down i mean a couple defensive backs and a defensive end hey you know what see what happens so with that in mind do you think i mean do you think they did an i don't know i don't know how to say it like they they clearly did enough because they're going to be in the running again next year but how do you feel about their draft and i guess the offseason moves they made uh so far Look, I think the fact that they kept the core and they didn't lose too many key pieces. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I know we said we lost Kendall Fuller, who was absolutely one of our best cornerbacks, but it's all relative. He was one of the yeah, exactly. best cornerbacks, which means he was a bottom-ranked quarterback in yep. the league, to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. um, I was shocked that Bashad Breeland um, got re-signed. I am not a Bashad Breeland fan. Um, he had that pick in the Super Bowl, though, which yep. I'm sure got a lot of good grace, which is really mm -hmm. funny because one of my buddies who doesn't know a lot of football who was watching me, I was like, this guy gets burned all the time. Then he has a pick and he's like, you don't know anything about football. What are you talking about? I was like, yeah, that's gotta that's, love it. That's exactly it. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But if there's one thing that's certain, it's that the chiefs are not looking at their de the defense, any turnovers, mm -hmm. any, um, anything we can get from them is a bonus. Um, they're, they're looking to score 50 plus points and really any game that they don't score 35 plus points they're they're They've conceded, uh, mm -hmm. With that being said, the defense did play a lot better at the mm -hmm. end of last year. I'd feel very confident if, you know, OTAs and mini camps and all that stuff were working as normal. Yeah. Uh, they're they're not. The Chiefs, though, have been posting stuff. Like, their guys are still working out. Everyone's kind of, you know, really determined mm -hmm. uh, to go there. So so we'll see how it shakes up. But uh, it looks like it's just going to be very much the same team as last year um, with a few new toys and some guys, you know, we're going to line up McCole Hardman all over the place this year. Mm -hmm. Um now we got CEH. Like, there's tons of weapons on here, and as long as we can, you know, protect Mahomes and keep them healthy, it should be another good year. It should be another good year. I'm sure. I'm I'm confident they're coming out of this division, um, and I'm confident they'll at least make it back to the AFC Championship game. I do want to see 
Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes AFC yeah. Championship game next year. I'm already kind of looking forward to it, and it's only oh, it's May second. Look at that. So yeah, we have exactly. a little while until then, but I'm still excited for it. So next on our list, we're going to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. However weird that sounds, as I said before, they missed the playoffs. They did have a couple first round picks, zero second round picks, and they had an off season. Man, Nick Witkowski, Jeff Heath, Carl Nassib, Corey Littleton. They brought in Marcus Mariota. I don't really understand that one. Jason Witten also don't understand that. Nelson Aguilar. Also don't understand that. Demarius Randall, they signed recently. Uh, going into, and they lost Carl Joseph to, to hear Whitehead and then just a bunch of guys at that point. Uh, going into the draft, what did you think was the biggest need for the the not-so-Oakland Raiders? That's a great question. I think I know we, we chatted a little bit about mm-hmm. it before, but I think the need for all the AFC West teams, like the theme of the AFC West, in my opinion, is really speed and offense mm-hmm. for two reasons. One, you need speed all over the field, one to score points, which, uh, you know, we talked about copycat leagues with mm-hmm. the Chiefs of them, but also to be able to keep up with all the track stars that the Chiefs have, because we always laugh about 40 times. And whenever I think about the Raiders and I think about 40 times, I think about Darius Hayward Bay, mm-hmm. who was, you know, picked three rounds fast, higher than he was because he was the fastest guy. The problem with 40 times is there aren't a lot of quarterbacks that can actually get the ball to a guy who can just run the straight down the field. Patrick Mahomes allows you to do that. He's got an arm that, you know, you can tell Tyreek Hill, run straight, the ball will be there. Mm-hmm. So I think the Raiders recognized that and said, we're going to be looking at Tyreek Hill twice a year, potentially in the playoffs for the foreseeable future. We need somebody who can run with him. And that's mm-hmm. why they absolutely reached for uh, yes. Arnett. Now, with that being said, it's easier to stomach a reach like that when you pick a guy like Henry Ruggs third with mm-hmm. your 12th overall pick, who is not just a blazing fast receiver, but is a crisp route runner, has got great hands. Like a lot of people are like, he's fast. They, they're adding another weapon. It's going to be the Tyreek Hill to, uh, you know, the Raiders version of Tyreek Hill. And it's like, no, this guy is not just a speed demon. He's got everything you need. So he's, mm-hmm. he's providing that fast offense because also teams are going to score points if they want to compete against us. It's great when you can put up 28 points, but 28 points, if if you're going to beat the Chiefs, 28 points ain't going to cut it. And everyone's exactly. looking to play catch up with the Chiefs. So they got speed and offense with their first, first, uh, first round pick. They got... They definitely got speed with their second <laughs> first round pick. We're going to see how Damon Arnett goes. I'm... I always, the way I, I like to think, I don't like to think about reaches and being like, this is a guy that mm-hmm. you know, shouldn't have gone here. Now, could you have sit on guys? Absolutely. They didn't have a second round pick. Um, I'm a big believer in, you've got to trust your general manager. You've got to ca- trust your scouting, your scouts, and you've got to ca- trust your coaching staff to find guys who fit your organization. Mm-hmm. And I don't, if you think a guy is there that fits your stuff and you, you are sure that he will not be around the next time you pick, you go for your guy. Because nothing's worse than, like we said, taking a guy who might be best available, but you're jamming him into a system that really doesn't fit his skill sets. And maybe, you know, he's not really cut out for Mm -hmm. the scene and the coaching staff. So I'm all about going out, getting your guy and committing to the plan that you, the coaches and the general manager have for the, the team. So with that said, I, I, I like their first round. I think it was okay. I think they could have waited on Arnett. But again, if that Mm -hmm. was their guy and they were just like, we need a fast cornerback to go up against Tyreek receiver tomorrow. That's your guy there. I do think it's really telling that, um, you know, they got Brian Edwards, who also runs like a 4-5-40. Lynn Bowden Jr., who I know he's listed as a running back. He played quarterback in his last Mm -hmm. eight games in Kentucky. He's probably going to line up at receipt. Like, he's going to be all over the place. He runs a 4-5-40. Like, they prioritize speed for a reason, and uh, they're going to look to play catch-up. And I'm I'm a big Derek Carr guy. I really like Derek Carr. and I think like now he's got a couple new toys to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so we'll, we'll see how it shakes up. But if I'm the Raiders, I, I don't, if I'm a fan of the Raiders, I don't, I'm not going all over the moon with this draft. I think you're super happy with rugs. I think you're, I think Bowden Jr. is a really interesting athletic prospect. I, I don't know exactly how he fits in, but I just believe if you're a good enough athlete, like you'll find some time on the field. I completely um, agree. It's it's really interesting to me this draft specifically, as you said. I mean, even with you know the passing of Al Davis a couple years ago, they still live and die by speed, and it's it's kind of crazy. I had the over thirteen and a half on rugs, and I thought that was a lock considering Judy and Lamb were still on the board. Little did I know that the Raiders are going to do what the Raiders do and draft speed. And and as you said, rugs is much more than just a speed guy. He can also run routes. He was fantastic. I watched a lot of Alabama games. I'm not going to sit here and say I, I watched all the tape, but. He was great, and I agree with you. Not having that second-round pick, if you believed Arnett was the best cornerback available and you think over the next you know, 45 picks or whatever it ends up being that you needed to get that guy, you know, whatever. People had him going at the, the end of the first round, you know, beginning of the second I saw. So is For it sure. that big of a reach? Cornerback is one of the premier p- positions in the NFL. If you're quarterback, left tackle, and edge rusher, you need cornerback. So I, I think it makes sense. Yeah, and again, easier to stomach when you've got a guy like Ruggs already. If exactly. They, if, you know, if their first round was only Arnett, and then we're going down, it's like, ugh, that's mm-hmm. you know, looking a little rough. But when you add a guy like that, um, it, it's just easier to stomach. But I really do think too that it's very tell. Like the, there was a lot of rumors going in that the Chiefs were if if one of Judy Lamb uh, or Ruggs, specifically more Ruggs and Judy, less so Lamb, um, had made it to like low 20s mm-hmm. like somewhere around there that the chiefs were going to try to trade up and nab that guy so i think it's very very telling that rugs went to the raiders and jared judy went to the broncos mm-hmm. um for a multitude of different reasons and i, I think if you want to watch fo- football next season where points are going to be king tune into any afc west game because points are going to be scored because that's just the reality of the of the of the division for everybody mm-hmm. is everyone's got to score points and be fast and how that translates outside of the AFC West will be very interesting because that I think be. it works very well for the AFC West when you got a guy, you know, you're going to score all, you're going to score points against the Chiefs, don't matter who you are. We're, you know, so it, it'll be interesting to see how that, uh, how that shakes up outside of the West. I am curious about that. And I think um, it's, it, you know, you've been using the word telling. I also think it's super telling. They didn't really pick up any wide receivers. I mean, they picked up Nelson Aguilar in uh, free agency, but they draft three, essentially Lynn Bowden Jr. As you said, I watched a lot of Kentucky games because it was hilarious. Dude would throw for 150 yards, catch two balls for like 67 <laughs> and then rush for another 150. I was like, what is going on here? This isn't football. This is fantastic. So I, I think he's going to be a, team. exactly right. Just kind of throw them around, see what happens. But you know, it just Derek Carr, I, he had that MVP season, broke his leg, fell off, and now everybody hates him. I don't really know why everyone hates him so much. He has literally nothing to work with. We'll see. Again, Jason Witten, I don't think, is going to do anything. He had Darren Waller last year, and that was essentially it. So we'll see. I think adding three receivers, one of them being Ruggs. Um, I'll be honest, I don't really know too much about Brian Edwards, but as you said, speed. Um, so he's, he's going to be there as well. That's all I know about him too. And, but, and the, uh... the, the craziest thing about this draft is those two picks, um, you know, Lib Bowden and, and Brian Edwards were literally one after the other. Yep. Like it, that's just the funniest thing to me. The Raiders like, nope, we're going to go wide receiver, cornerback, wide receiver, wide receiver. And hey, if it works, it works. And, and I'm all for it. So do you actually think, you know, and then just to touch upon the rest of the draft, they got Tanner Muse, a guy out of Clemson, if I'm not mistaken, uh, to come in and, and also in the third round, which is pretty nice. 
grabbed a guard, John Simpson, and then another cornerback in the fourth round as well, Amik Robertson. So again, you know, they're drafting positions of need and wide receivers. They're drafting premier positions and cornerbacks and then always building the offensive line, which I think is important. Do you think Derek Carr has enough now? Or is like, what What do you think happens this year? You're a Derek Carr apologist or yeah. fan, as some people like oh, to call it. Probably both. <laughs> there you go. Honesty, appreciate you on that one. So what do you think next year looks like for him? And what does this offense start to look like now? Now you're just throwing a bunch of rookies on top of what they already had. You know, it's going to be really tough with everything around, you know, COVID and shutting down practice facilities. Like, you, you know, you a lot of these times for these these hungry kind of middle of the pack teams, like you'll see these rookie receivers get in there mm-hmm. with car during like mini camps and, you know, they'll they'll in the offseason work on their timing and stuff. So I think I think it's going to be tough just across the board and for rookies to, you know, be on the same page for week one, if mm-hmm. if week one starts when uh, when we expect it to. Um, so it'll be interesting there. With that being said, when you're, you know, with your number 12 pick, that's a guy who you're expecting, you know, email him over the playbook and he's ready to go mm-hmm. uh, day one. So I think with a guy like Ruggs, you don't, you can worry a little bit less about it. He also, you know, played in a, in a premier system, premier division in college football where, you know, they do run a lot of pro style stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think the learning curve for a guy like that won't be as much of a learning curve for a guy like Damon Arnett, Lim Bowden Jr., Brian Edwards, who, you know, are going to need that little bit more time mm-hmm. uh, there. But uh, it'll be interesting just across the offseason. I think rookies this year might not have as much mm-hmm. uh, of an impact just because of the the whole reality of the training situation. Yeah, that has been a theme across, you know, going through these divisions and kind of seeing, you know, what rookies will make an impact, especially when we talk about fantasy a little bit. But the fact that there is no off season really, or there is a very minimal one, I think they're starting rookie or, or virtual off season training right now, whatever the hell that looks like. I mean, what, you know, it's, it, it, and it's the, the worst part is it's different for guys everywhere. You know, if you have someone like Carson Wentz or JJ Watt, that's living on some, you know, in some log cabin in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> They're going to have the capabilities to go out and do what they need to do. If you have anyone living in a metropolitan area, they're pretty much confined to their apartment and that's all they can do. So it's going to be weird. Balcony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Run a marathon outside on your balcony see what yeah. happens there. But um, one, one last question about the Raiders. Does Derek Carr have the arm to hit these guys? I mean, he's not known quite for that deep ball. And I know John Gruden runs kind of that weird, if I'm not mistaken, kind of more of that, you know, West coasty kind of dink yeah. and dunk offense. So having these guys, is it more of just get them the ball in space and let them do their thing? Or are they going to try and let rugs kind of take the top off the defense occasionally? I, I definitely think that, I mean, it'd be foolish for him not to be able to do that. You've, I think you've got to, in today's NFL, threaten mm-hmm. the deep threat. Yeah. Um, and it keeps everybody really honest. But Ruggs is a crisp route runner, too. I can see a lot of short routes, uh, screens, uh, you know, just uh, crosses over the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Just literally just trying to get the ball into his hands um, with as much open space as possible and kind of let him do his thing. Which is really what the Chiefs, I mean, minus, you know, the highlight package, every highlight mm-hmm. has a Patrick Mahomes 75-yard ball. Um, and he's airing it out quite a bit, but he's not airing it out every time. There's a lot mm-hmm. of Chiefs do a lot of screen passes. They do a lot of, you know, um, option routes where, you know, you'll have Travis Kelsey on a hook if a guy overcommits and you're just trying to get him the ball in the space and like let him make a move. Um, so I think we'll see a lot of that, uh, specifically with a guy like Ruggs and probably Lynn Bowden Jr. He's really interesting to me because it's mm-hmm. like, Picked him pretty high uh, in the third round for a guy who really doesn't have a clearly defined role on a team. But again, I think in the NFL, especially in today's NFL, athleticism wins out. And Mm -hmm. that man is certainly athletic. To say the least, put him in space, see what happens. And I think uh, we'll we'll have some fun with that one. Um, Do you think Derek Carr is on the team next year? They signed Marcus Mariota to, I think he's now the highest paid backup, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't know. It's weird. 
They've been I, talking I, about getting rid of him for years now. I know. I just can't see a world where your best option, like your best option is Mariota over Derek Carr, but I do mm-hmm. think it provides a safety net. I think it's one mm-hmm. of those things where if the, you know, if the Raiders get off to an 0-2 start or an 0-3 start, um, that they they don't need to worry about um, you know, finding a backup using another quarterback. They've got somebody right in there. Mm-hmm. I've noticed a lot of teams just listening to stuff are are no longer referring to uh, backups as backup quarterbacks. It's QB2. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're saying, you know, we have our QB two and every team needs two quarterbacks. That's what the Eagles are saying with Jalen Hurts taking him. I know there's a lot of stuff there, maybe less so, uh, with the, less so what the Packers are saying. I don't think they're mm-hmm. saying QB two. They're, they're probably still saying bag of quarterback, but a lot of teams now are, you know, are saying that we just need two quarterbacks in our system. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense, but I will say, I hate the Eagles and Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback. So I think that part's very important to know as yeah, well. well I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, I root for the Raiders. Uh, our one buddy is watching us right now. He's a big Raiders fan. Thank you for, for paying attention, Jeremy. And uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. So we'll see, man. I don't know. And then moving on to the Broncos. Missed the playoffs last year, but Drew Locke was awesome, especially down the stretch. He was so much fun. His arm is fantastic. Uh, you know, there was some of those... You know, as, like Jordan Love this year, you can't compare anyone to Patrick Mahomes, but it's like uh, he can he can put the ball in places that you're really not capable of seeing a lot of quarterbacks do and kind of on the run or like in weird positions. He doesn't have to set his feet to throw at 575 yards. He just kind of flicks yeah. his wrist. So we're, we're really curious about that. A couple players incoming. They've got Jarrell Casey in a trade, got A.J. Boye in a trade, signed Graham Glasnow of, uh, to the offensive line, brought in Melvin Gordon. That one's pretty interesting. They did, I guess, lose Joe Flacco, I guess, if you want to say it like that, Derek Wolf and Chris Harris. Um, and just a funny note, Garrett Bowles is one of the worst offensive linemen in the league, and his fifth-year option was not exercised. Moving into the draft, as you said, it was a lot of, hey, we need to score points, hey, we need to score points. And I think for the whole the whole division, and I think the um, Broncos heard that, and obviously their first two picks, Jerry Judy, Alabama, and KJ Hamler out of Penn State in the first 46 they grabbed two premier wide receivers how do you think this offense is going to look next year now you have Sutton you have multiple tight ends there still now you have these two guys coming in what do you think this offense looks like next year I think Denver is going to be scary good next year uh it's bringing me back to all those you know the jake Plummer kind of year oh, where they were just the snake, baby. on the chiefs um in games that really mattered and i actually think that they had one of the best i think them and the ravens probably had two of the best drafts um i just i think the fact that like patrick queen went to the ravens is still mm-hmm. like that's not registering with me like mm-hmm. sure the rich are just getting weird like, yep. how that guy fell to 28 is insane um but back to the broncos like like you said jerry judy KJ Hamler. I really like their tight end, whose name I'm going to absolutely butcher right now. Albert Okubunam from Missouri. He is fast as hell. I was just watching. I didn't really know much about him. I was watching some tape on him this morning. Just some, some highlight packages here. They're scary good. And like you said, I'm a I'm a Drew Locke guy. I was a Drew Locke guy in college, and he looked really good uh, from what we saw of him last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he already had, you know, an established wet weapon there in Court and Sutton. And now he's got, you know, Jerry Judy, who I I think the Broncos were looking at probably trying to trade up to get him. The fact that he felt felt him at 15. I don't know if anyone, you know, being picked yeah, in the top 15 yeah. fell, but the fact that they got him there and didn't have to give up any capital to to secure their guy is is huge for them. Um I also really like Lloyd Crushenberry out of LSU. Again, there's one of those guys that gets lost, but like mm-hmm. LSU is the most dominant offensive team. Like with the Chiefs offense in fantasy, I want a piece of the LSU offense. Mm-hmm. I don't care where I'm getting it from. Um 
And I think they're going to be damn good next year, man. Like they are a team that are on the up and up. Um, they've, they've got the weapons, they've got the speed now. Um, and they're, they're coming in ready to load or ready to rock. With that being said, it's the same thing with the off season stuff. When you have, I, I, they had so many picks, what was it like 10 or 11 picks yeah, some when you're bringing thing. in that many rookies, all the time that they can get with coaching staff in a practice facility is really, you can't put a price tag on that. And I think that's going to hurt a lot of these teams that, you know, got these great big draft classes, but you're, you're getting it in there again, a guy like Jerry Judy coming out of Alabama. I have a lot less worry about him um, than a guy, you know, like a guy coming out of LSU, whereas you got a guy like out of Wake Forest, Fresno state, those are guys that might need that extra time. Mm -hmm. They're not used to, you know, those kind of big programs that run very similar to pro uh, systems. And I think not, not to, not to belittle those systems by any mean, um, but you know, there's a difference between a Fresno of state course. and Alabama. I think we um, could all agree to that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's, it's interesting. And I think you, you see across the board too, that uh, a lot of GMs kind of noticed that as well. You saw a lot, I mean, coming into this draft, I think people were expecting, especially the first round to be like trade bonanza. I was in a mm-hmm. draft pool and one of the tiebreakers was like, how many total trades do you think made? And like, some of the answers were like six, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. I, th- I picked four and I thought that was a lot. And then nobody really traded because I think with all the, the technology, they were a little mm-hmm. concerned. And I think that people will prioritize players that are more, that, that would fit in day one with a, with limited mm-hmm. amount of practice time just because of the reality of exactly. what we're in, which, which was outs- outs- from a football, from a purely football standpoint was really interesting to see play out because it's a bit of a te- chess match, another mm-hmm. layer there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Broncos, I would rate their draft an A. Like I think they had the best draft, definitely the best draft in division. Um, and I think one of the top three or four drafts. Um, and I think they're gonna come in guns blazing next season. Yeah, I think you know, watching what they're gonna do next year is gonna be interesting. I want Drew Locke to progress. I want him to be better. I want to see him more rapping along to songs on the sideline. I love all of that. And again, you're you're just giving him weapons i mean jerry judy and kj hamler are not the same type of receiver either which i think is kind of nice you know it's not just two burners it's kj hamler is going to be very good at running very far very fast jerry judy can pretty much do everything else you know he's easily one of the best wide receiving prospects that we've seen in i don't know how long and then you got Sutton, like those three wide receiver sets that's a that that is an above average three wide out set right there yeah and, and then you have Noah Fant too. Last year, they drafted yeah, in the top. And we don't even talk about Noah Fant. Like they're two yeah. tight end packages. Like they're offensively, they're going to be fine. They're a team that I could see being like a nine and seven next year. But like one of those really competitive nine and seven mm-hmm. teams that like three or four of those losses were you know a, a field goal yeah. kick here, you know a pick went wrong there. And I think like the following season, two seasons from now, mm-hmm. they're going to give the Chiefs a run for their money without a doubt it. because they're going to put up points. Uh, they're going to shred those, those defenses with very few cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going to see a lot of blowouts. You want points? Come to the AFC West, man. We Let's got go. it. Let's go. I'll come watch. I mean, they're the four o'clock games here on the East coast. It makes my <laughs> life easy. Uh, all the, all the East coast games are pretty much over And No, I mean, I love it. And the one thing I would say, you know, as you said, Lloyd Cushenberry out of LSU, it's nice to have a, a, a good center, especially from LSU. And if I'm not mistaken, it feels like almost every single player from LSU got drafted outside of, uh, Terrence Marshall and Jamar Chase, who were arguably better than Justin Jefferson, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Jamar Chase, hands down, was just incredible last year. And so just watching kind of his highlights, it's just so silly, just what he's capable when, of doing. When as you're the true, number one team in the nation, good thing. You know, people, yeah. people want you on their team. <laughs> uh, hey, man, I'm all for it. But yeah, it's, I just feel like they lost everybody. So I'm curious what they're going to do next year. But I agree. The one thing I would say is they definitely, I mean, they they got wide receivers. 
Melvin Gordon too. I mean, however good yeah, we he didn't is, talk I mean, about Melvin Gordon either. Like, that offense is it's nuts. Good. The that's only really thing I would offense. say is the offensive line. I think that's the place they're going to need to improve. And again, if you don't have time, you can't throw the ball to KJ Hamler, who's running down the field. You can't get the ball to Jerry Judy. Melvin yeah. Gordon's not going to have any holes. But I think they'll be good enough. Uh, to get by, but to your point, I think in two years, if they can then start to solidify yeah. that a little bit more, they'll be fantastic for sure. And I think that's why Cushionberry is a really interesting pick. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love, um, like Alex Mack is one of my favorite players ever drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like he, at least for me, and I, when I started watching football, um, I didn't really know why guys were prioritizing centers. It's like, you need mm-hmm. your left tackle. Hell, take a guard, like a Mikey Upati in the draft or hell, any guard out of Iowa. I want them on my team. <laughs> um, but you, you get a guy who anchors your, your offense, your, your offensive line, who has that chemistry with your quarterback that you can kind of ingrain there. And then you can really like in today's NFL, I think you can add a lot of off- like a lot. There's a lot of depth at offensive line that you mm-hmm. can add in free agency. Yep. And when you're paying your skill position players, rookie contracts, you can then go out and get a, you know, Trent Williams, or mm-hmm. you can go out and get a premier tackle and pay the guy uh, and keep your team intact. So I, I think that you, you build, you know, your center, your, you know, if you can, if you can happen to get a left tackle, even if you have to move them over to right, you get one of your tackles and then you mm-hmm. fill three fifths of the line with free agents because uh, you prioritize these skill position players mm-hmm. who, you know, you don't need to pay the big bucks until the fifth year of their contract. Exactly. Yeah. And hopefully again, they can, they can kind of just piecemeal that line together. As I said, Graham, Graham, Glass now, there we go, um, came in on a four-year deal as a guard. So they have something there. Lloyd Cushenberry grabbed another guard later, you know, out of Fresno State. So we'll see what happens there. That's more a depth pick. But I think, I don't know, man, I think this offense is going to be nuts. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, you know, we're, I, I think, as you said, you know, we want points. Let's go to the AFC West and hang out there for a little while. So uh, I'm excited to see what the Broncos do. It should be interesting. Um, and moving on to the last team, the Chargers, kind of the most boring, to be honest with you. So. It is what it is. They did I lose disagree. A I disagree. Okay. All right. I'm, All right. I'm a Chargers apologist too, which I shouldn't be as a, yeah, a defense. You'll have to keep me a little honest. So okay. I, the Chargers, everyone forgets. Two years ago, the Chargers were 12 and four. Yeah. And that's what the Chargers do really though. Really good they go 12 good, and four. They're they bad, the then they're good, then they're bad. That's exactly it. And last year they stunk with a team that was relatively unchanged. There were, mm-hmm. yes, some personnel went and some personnel uh, came in, but for the most part, that was the 12 and 14 from mm-hmm. the year before. And Philip Rivers, I think it was after they were officially knocked out, like whatever week it was, it was well before mm-hmm. the season was over. And he just said, you know, in our 12 and four season the year before, we had a lot of those close games that we won. And we're mm-hmm. just losing those close games now. Now, I think Philip Rivers was a big part of the reason why they were losing those games. So removing him from a team, and there have obviously been a lot more changes coming into this season mm-hmm. than there was last year, but get moving away from Philip Rivers and unfortunately, I know he was great for many years, is a huge step for them because that's an offense too that I just think is ready to go. Mm-hmm. I'm really bad with names and I told you this before, but their backup running back for Melvin Gordon who absolutely crushed it, receiving back- uh, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler. I think I think Eckler's awesome. I think Keenan Allen is great. Um, I'm also a massive Tyrod Taylor fan. I <laughs> think Tyrod Taylor has never really gotten a fair shake at a starting job outside of that great year he had in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Then he went to Cleveland, got hurt. We all know how that story went. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, bounced around a few places. But I, I really like Tyrod Taylor just because of what he brings with his legs, with his arms. And he's, to me, is a type of quarterback who what, he probably won't win you many games, but he also won't lose you many mm-hmm. games. He's not going to throw those picks in the end zone. Um, he knows how... he. One thing that I love in a quarterback is quarterbacks who know when to take a sack. 
-hmm. there is there is an art to be to knowing when a play is dead and not trying to you know move around now certain guys like aaron Rodgers, patrick mahomes can get away with that but there's 30 other quarterbacks that cannot and eli manning r.i.p but eli manning was the best at it believe me i watched that happen for sure and when you add legs to that as well and tyrod taylor is a fast guy i think a lot of good things can happen i just think they still have a lot of those play pieces uh, kind of correctly and i think in our Mm -hmm. show notes that we talked about before is i don't like what the chargers are doing but i really respect the fact that they have a very clear plan and Mm -hmm. that they're sticking to it and you look at this draft they got justin herbert i'm not a huge herbert guy me neither I, I thought really the Chargers were going to shock everyone trade up to, to go up and kind of leapfrog the uh, Dolphins to take Tua. But Herbert was their guy. And that was very clear by the fact that they didn't even try to trade mm-hmm. up for him. So the fact that they analyzed their guy, like we said before, they, they said, this is our guy. We think he fits our system. He fits what we want. I'm all for that because at the end of the guy, at the end of the day, these are all prospects that need they need to fit into your organization. It's everyone forgets the draft is just a really long job interview process. Mm-hmm. Yep. And clearly, they liked what they saw from Herbert. And you know what? I don't like Herbert. I'm also not an NFL scout or NFL general manager. Also good. Point. Um. So stick with your guy, commit to him, and again, commit to that process. Then the go they trade back into the first round with the Patriots. Shocker, Patriots traded down, right. and then they lab Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma, a linebacker that you know could be a star in the future so you get you the key piece to your offense for the next five years at the very least you get a key part to your defense or a guy who could play a key role in your defense mm-hmm. for five years then you go back and you take running back wide receiver you know go back and get a safety and then go back and take another wide receiver like i get what they're doing i mm-hmm. get their plan and i think that with the team that they currently have right now if you're if you're not going to blow it up which they're not doing and you're going to try to band-aid the problem on your way mm-hmm. to a playoff run. Like, I think this is the way you do it. I think it's just the, the most confusing part to me. Okay. If Justin Herbert was your guy, first off, I don't get it. I watch uh, not so much PAC 12 after dark, but I would watch a lot of Oregon games because it's just fun to watch that offense yeah. sometimes. And he wasn't that great. Like, it's just like, he's big and sometimes he can throw the ball and you know, it's just, it's, he's just such a confusing prospect in those terms but again if he's your guy that is what it is if you thought Tua was going to you know too injury prone I completely understand that but to then trade your second and third round pick which weren't like super super high to go all the way up to 23 to get Kenneth Murray and as we were talking about Patrick Queen was still available at 28 I just I just don't understand why they thought that was a necessity and they needed more help so those two picks especially in this deep of a draft could help somewhere I don't know it's just very weird to me yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, I, I, again, how every team, how 27 other yeah. teams passed on Patrick Queen mm-hmm. blows my mind. And I definitely think Patrick Queen is better than Kenneth Murray. Mm-hmm. I, and that's not to say, I think Kenneth Murray is awesome. I, if, if Patrick Queen, sorry, I wanted, if he was still on the board, because you didn't think Patrick Queen, I would have loved the Chiefs to trade up and grab him. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, they, they clearly thought it was their, their pick, their guy, fits their system. So we just got to see how it plays out. But yeah, going back to Herbert too, Oregon quarterbacks have always scared the crap out of me. You know, do mm-hmm. we need to talk about Joey Harrington? Oh, we can <laughs> do if we, you want. Do, do we need to talk about Marcus Mariota, who is now mm-hmm. the highest paid backup in the NFL? Um, so I'm not sold on Herbert, but uh, I do like the fact that he's going to be throwing a Keenan Allen if he starts. Uh, yep. But not that he's going to start day one, but they got Keenan Allen in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got Eckler and running back. They drafted a couple of wideouts late in the you know, fourth and seventh round pick. Maybe one of those guys pans out. Well, I would uh, say about drafting wideouts in the fourth round this year, a lot of the times they would have been third round draft picks because this wide. I think there was how many 
30-something, 36, That's a ridiculous like amount of wide receivers to go yeah, in one yeah, draft. The Green Bay like, Packers refuse to take yeah. a single one. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. That one's that. It still makes me laugh. But yeah, it's just, you know, getting someone in the fourth round, a wide receiver in the fourth round in this draft is a little different this year, fourth and fifth in certain situations, because that is a person that could potentially come in and play day one. And and it's ironic. It, maybe ironic's not the word to use, but, you know, they drafted um, Mike Williams with like a top 10 pick a couple years ago. I don't remember. He he might have had his fifth year option pick up. I can't 100% remember if he did or not, but I think he's bad. Like, I don't even think he's that good. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, why they picked him where they did. And then if you're going to exercise his contract and say, all right, well, here you go. Like, do you think you're going to do it this year? Now, he did have that really weird streak of games in a row catching a 40-yard plus pass, which is hysterical because yeah. that's all he can do. But I don't know. It's Justin Herbert doesn't have the biggest arm in the world. Tyrod Taylor absolutely does not have the biggest arm in the world. So, Having this guy just run a straight line, our defense is going to respect it. I don't know, but we'll see. I'm I'm excited. My dad's a big Chargers fan, so I'm always kind of paying attention to what they're doing. And yeah, it's just, I don't know, man. This is just such a weird, weird draft for them. I agree. And it's like, like we talked about how the AFC West can be scoring points. Like I, I just, I don't, I see that this team, regardless if it's Herbert under center or Tyrod Taylor, mm -hmm. you know, 28 points a game is really their upper limit. And I just, Eat hell against the Raiders and the Broncos and the Chiefs, like especially the Broncos and the Chiefs. I think the Broncos are going to light up the scoreboard next oh, year. I think yeah. they're going to be really, really good. Um, I, I just don't know if you have the firepower here, but if you're not going to tear the whole thing down um, and, you know, try to, you know, groom a quarterback in a year, mm -hmm. that's fine. I also think like one of the things that's been lost in the NFL is kind of having a quarterback sit for an amount of time mm -hmm. right now. Rookies yeah. of all positions, but especially quarterbacks are expected to be day one. Even if they're not day one starters, they're expected to be able to start day yeah. one. And I, I'm a big believer in that old school mentality where you, you know, you have a guy like Rogers sit for three years behind Favre. Mahomes had a full year mm -hmm. and he, he had a full year and you think, okay, well, it's a year where you don't have a guy like Patrick Mahomes on the field. Yeah. But he had a full year of practicing. He had a full year of learning from Alex Smith, of being in a quarterback room with Andy Reed, with Eric Bieniemy, with Matt Nagy, mm -hmm. with, you know, with all these guys. Um, and you, again, you can't put a price on that and you can't see it, but you know, does Patrick Mahomes, day one starter is he the same one as mm -hmm. day one a season later i don't know and i think the fact that herbert is not coming in and being like you got to start day one and like you know you're the number six overall pick like you better mm -hmm. win at least eight nine games for us um is awesome that not not that i think he's going to learn a ton from tyrod taylor i don't think that I don't know if that'll kind of mm -hmm. uh, work out, but the fact that he can sit and soak up the offense, uh, you know, get to work on his chemistry with his receivers, um, with his skilled position players. I think there's, there's a lot to be said about that, that you just don't know how these guys are going to shake up. It's, it's definitely interesting to me. Um, I don't know. We'll see. And just a couple of things I didn't mention. Obviously we mentioned Melvin Gordon's gone. Uh, Philip Rivers is gone. They traded Russell Okung, a left tackle for Trey Turner, a guard, which you usually don't see those types yeah. of straight up trades, but they also brought in Brian Balaga, um, Limbaugh Joseph, and then they did bring over Chris Harris from the uh, um, Broncos. So it's, I it's love just Linval Joseph, man. He's he, yeah, Carolina he, represent. Let's go. Let's go. Look at that. Look at you, man. You're incredible. And then, so, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's so confusing to me. What, how anybody thought Justin Herbert was better than Tua considering if Tua wasn't hurt, he would have, easily been in the conversation for number one overall because he had a no I, no no i completely agree with you i oh, think okay. it's insane like i was listening to a podcast I, I can't remember if it was the ringer or one of them and they were just like i one of the guys was like i was talking to a scout who um who said that oh wait hold on i just lost my train of thought now great he was talking about a scout mm -hmm. um 
no, totally lost my train okay. of thought now. Uh, It'll Justin, come back. Herbert, Justin Herbert's better, uh, less good oh, than Tua. Tua. There we right. go. So, and they were just like, and the scout was like, yeah, but he's only, you know, he's the most, he's the most accurate pass, like passer in college football history. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, he can only hit, you know, the short stuff for high completion percentage passes. And it's like, so, so what's wrong with that? You've got to, why not go up there, grab a guy who is the best at what he does at a certain thing and build an offense around that. So it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that two would drop that. I think two is going to be a stud. I mm -hmm. think as long as he can stay healthy. And yeah, honestly, I've got no like I, he's a young guy. He's not going to take nearly as many licks um, next year. I think as he as he did at Alabama. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be uh, super super conservative around that. Yeah as well. yeah yeah. Um, and I think he's going to be fine, man. I I would have. I think if Tua was a Charger. That would have been really, really interesting because again, mm -hmm. that's an offense that like he could have started day one. You've got Keenan Allen, you got Austin Eckler, you've got mm -hmm. a solid offensive line. Um, yeah, especially now with what they brought in, I think that's yeah. I mean, I know Okung was like he's a name, but he wasn't. I have a few buddies mm -hmm. who are Chargers fans, and they're just like, yeah, he he lived a lot on his name recognition mm -hmm, more than mm -hmm. his actual play. So they're really excited to get Bulaga in there, um, and and they just seem like a team that will will have very similar season to the last two either i feel like they're going to be a 12 and 14 everything's going to click mm -hmm. and we're going to be like oh yeah this is a team with a lot of veterans a lot of places a lot of players in the right places at the right time like this is a good savvy veteran team or it's going to be like okay you know this is looking instead of like being able to bend bandage this up in a season or two like this is going to be a three to five year kind of mm -hmm. rebuild yeah um, so we'll which considering the state of the afc west right now might not be the worst thing to think yeah. about in three to five years patrick mahomes is going to be getting, yeah. making a lot of money sure, and, and i uh, think the broncos the Broncos more so than the Raiders too, are I think they're just two years ahead on their kind of mm -hmm. rebuild process. So don't look at that as a negative. Look at that as something that's like we can start now and you know we you know don't have to worry about yeah. it so much because the other teams are kind of just ahead of where we're at. I love it. Good stuff, man. Awesome. Well, dude, this was absolutely fantastic. The yeah, one last thing I will say about Justin Herbert and the Chargers, I apologize. Is, you know, as you were saying, you know, give him a year to soak in the offense, give him a year. I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Lynn's just fired at the end of this year, though, if they do bad enough. And then he just kind of has to restart the whole process again. So that's just something I guess we can uh, yeah. we keep in mind for something like that. But Sean, this was incredible. You are super knowledgeable. I really appreciate it. Right around an hour. Um, a lot of it spent on the Chiefs. Naturally, they did win the Super Bowl last year. So and <laughs> That's my bias right there. It's cool. I wanted to talk more <laughs> about the Chiefs than I wanted to talk about the Chargers. Don't get me wrong. But this was great, man. Sincerely appreciate your time today. Uh, Sean, where can everyone find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter uh, at Sean underscore Tepper. I, I don't tweet too much, but I do respond to tweets. Uh, right. I'm always happy to talk about football. Um, and yeah, you can find me on there. Love it, man. Good stuff. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Take care.